Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. It's now time for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market ended the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as usual, a quick recap of how we started the day. Well, Singapore shares rose at the open, even as global markets were mixed overnight. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.3% to 3,227 points after some 30 million securities changed hands in a broader market. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark ST I closed up 0.95%. We're looking at 3,249 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 916 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 313 versus 225. Top advances for today, we have DBS, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and UOB. And top decliners, New Incorporation USD, HPL and Cortina. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have Prudential. Prudential told our colleagues at the Business Times yesterday that it has shelved plans for a separate wealth management unit in Singapore. Now, meanwhile, from the possibility of Grab and GoTo facing new roles in Singapore to the European Commission launching an investigation on subsidies for Chinese EV makers, we have more corporate headlines in focus. And joining us on the line is David Chow, Director of Azure Capital. David, welcome on board. Thank you, Tintian. And uh, David, let's start with the usuals, right? How the Singapore stock market uh, fed today and any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, um, I think the Asian markets mostly uh, rose, you know, and uh, that will be applicable to the Singapore market as well after the US inflation, you know, actually mm. came in hotter than expected, but that's only the headline numbers. Cause CPI numbers-wise, they are actually lower than the previous month and this sort of affirm that, you know, the FOMC meeting next week should be a non-event and uh, with no expectation of the Fed actually hiking next week, you know, the uh, Asian markets naturally rose. Uh, Movers-wise, uh, you know, we, uh, I think for me, I did note that, you know, uh, a beaten down, you know, local tech stocks, Franken Group, that was beaten down previously, actually rose by 8% today, you know, after some upgrades of target prices by the markets as its key customers such as uh, ASML and Applied Materials actually raised their revenue forecast. Right, and now let's look at Prudential though. Uh, it told our colleagues at the Business Times that it has shelved plans for a separate wealth management unit in Singapore. How far will that weigh on Prudential shares in your opinion, judging from uh, what we see on the SGX so far flattish, you think? Um, basically, I don't think the, this move uh, should be seen as a game changer, you know, as compared to uh, corporate moves such as, you know, perhaps potential taking over another competitor, you know, insurance business in this part of the world. You know, with or without establishing a separate uh, wealth management unit, potential uh, Singapore, you know, is already deeply entrenched in this segment. So, you know, we, we mustn't forget that the fact that Prudential has been an early mover in Singapore and the Prudential Singapore actually offered quite um, comprehensive financial services for high net worth individuals that actually go just go beyond just insurance products. Mm. And uh, it actually offers, uh, I mean, if I remember correctly, it also offers financial advisory, um, legacy planning, which are very important elements, you know, in wealth management. And I think in the past few years, we have also seen Prudential has also been quite successful in selling um, unit link products with uh, super high case. For example, you know, its brand uh, Opus is a brand dedicated to wealth management and legacy planning. So since they are already, you know, um, quite active in this segment, you know, perhaps yeah. management thing, you know, 
uh, they are still comfortable at current state instead mm. of you know establishing a new arm. Right, and let's stay in Singapore, David. Um, Singapore plans to review regulations and structure governing the ride-hailing industry, and will focus on the availability of supply, among others. Uh, your thoughts on what this means for what this means for the shares of uh, Grab and GoTo? It seems like Grab took a hit earlier. Yes, I think uh, Grab, I think share price, uh, I think fell nearly seven percent when news of this hit. And uh, I mean, if you look at the uh, you know the uh, ride-hailing apps in Singapore, mm. it actually continues to disrupt the traditional you know, taxi industries uh, across uh, geographies and not just in Singapore. But in Singapore-specific, uh, you know, I noted that as of the first half of this year, you know, uh, ride-healing actually accounted for 85% of daily you know, point-to-point trips in the country you know, compared mm. to just maybe 79% uh, a few years ago. So no one can actually dispute the importance of ride-healing uh, in this uh, part of the world. And uh, to be honest, I think this review shouldn't come as a surprise because after all, uh, you know, Grab specific, specific, it has acquired you know a Transcap taxi and car rental business in July this year. Yeah. Hence, you know, it will be a larger entity than before. And when you consider that Transcap is already the third largest taxi operator here, this puts Grab in an even influential position to affect the supply. So, um, naturally, I can understand the uh, market's concern over this review, you know, um, and if I may draw your attention to Grab's uh, recently announced results, yeah. it's a set of positive results, and in my opinion, um, you know, Grab has somehow, somewhat struck a fine balance between profitability and growth, so as it reduced incentives, yet increased its market share at the same time, and uh, I think forward break even should be uh, the quarter of this year, so I think the market may be getting a bit jittery on you know, whether the review which will only be completed in second queue next year, with little details being made known at this point, is uh, enough to rattle the profitability of Grab. But it's still too early to say uh, for now. Mm. Well, it's still too early to say for now, David. Don't mind me following up. How will supply, though, affect the top and bottom lines of Grab, given that it takes a cut out of those uh, every transaction? Okay, if I look at the Grab's latest result on the right healing front, you know, which they call it mobility in mm. their in, in, in their financial dis- disclosure. So mobility revenues for Grab continue to grow actually quite strongly in the second queue of this year. Yeah. This uh, mobility GMV actually uh, grew at twenty eight percent year on year alone in, in the second second quarter. So naturally if the supplies is going to be affected in a negative way, definitely their mobility revenue would be uh, affected some, somewhat. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to David Chow, Director at Azure Capital and speaking of cars, taxis, etc. Let's uh, switch gears to look at uh, EVs, David. The European Commission yesterday launched an investigation on subsidies for China's EV makers. Uh, now we know that China's Passenger Car Association has hit back at that uh, but how could the European Commission be setting a precedent for more of such actions from other countries? I think, um, in my view, the European Commission President's comment uh, on China subsidies, uh, you know, which you know, making them sound as if as if they support local brands to make them artificially low, yeah. may not be very uh, valid, you know. Now, mm-hmm. you know, as the China government has already faced out you know, central government subsidies on these vehicles, um, but currently, if you look at China, it 
still has uh, still certain favorable local policies such as uh, NEV exemptions from your car plate restrictions in certain cities. But at the same time, you know they are also open to foreign brands and not you know affecting the exports to the EU. Uh, for example, I think the investigation if it ought to have been carried out, you know, should have been done ten years ago instead of now. <laughs> but you know, at that time ten years ago, you know, none of the Chinese NEV makers were competitive even with central government subsidies and some local governments, you know, like state governments in the US, you know, may offer preferential treatment and other support measures for OUMs building, you know, their manufacturing plants there. But this is again, you know, valid for foreign brands as as well, such as for Tesla in Shanghai, BMW mm. in Shenyang and your Mercedes in Beijing. So now an interesting related question, you know, could arise from this would China retaliate? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, my view for that is um, how China will respond really depends on how the U.S. acts on the investigation. If EU only impose your know, import duties, you know, China may also do likewise. But this move will actually have a low impact for both China and EU uh, OEMs. You know, as a former currently have very low exposure in the EU, while mm. the latter, you know, have low export volumes to China. And most of the EV sales by EU's OEMs in China have already been carried out through their joint ventures in China. In China. Ah, okay, I see. So whether other countries will follow suit, um, I think it's a low probability at the moment. I, I think most of them will still adopt a wait and see and see mm. what uh, EU will eventually, uh, what EU, EU will eventually does. Right. And finally, let's head over to the US before we let you go, David. You talked about that CPI figure and just to, uh, for our listeners' sake, uh, consumer price index increased by 0.6% uh, in August on a monthly basis, which is the largest gain since June 2022 amid a jump in petrol prices. Now, on a yearly basis, the CPI was up 3.7%, uh, somewhat a hot figure, but still uh, it is within expectations somewhat. So how should we be reading into this? And do you expect any change in the narrative when the producer price inflation numbers are out tonight? Okay, um, I think firstly, uh, the numbers yesterday illustrate the potential obstacles to, uh, you know, reaching inflation out of the economy without a sharper sh- slowdown. Mm. Um, you know, higher energy costs, uh, you know, can also feed into your prices of non-energy goods and services. So when they were falling until recently, um, I noted that the transportation services, you know, actually help to drive tamer uh, core inflation readings. But that could be at risk if, uh, you know, energy prices uh, keep rising. Um, last month, for instance, you know, airline fares in the U.S. actually rose 4.9% mm. after, you know, steep declines earlier in the summer. But um, looking at the core prices, you know, which has good your volatile food and energy items, it actually rose, uh, still rose by relatively mild, you know, 0.3% month on month after lower readings in June and July. And, uh, you know, the latest readings certainly reflected higher cost for items such as your airfare and vehicle insurance. I guess the monthly core readings um, will likely keep the Fed on course to hold interest rates steady at a meeting next week, you know, without resolving uh, to a bigger debate over whether they will need to raise them again this year to slow the economy and maintain uh, recent progress on inflation. And mm. uh, if you ask for my thoughts about the PPI numbers out tonight, yeah. um, I think again the forecast is for a stronger, you know, headline PPI numbers month on month, but a weaker cost uh, PPI numbers uh, month on month. So this trend will actually be reflect the uh, CPI data that we had for last night. And uh, it's of my view that uh, I think this is likely to happen. Thanks a lot, David. That was David Chan, Director at Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.